This is Frank Dominguez for WDAV's Piedmont Arts. On Wednesday, September 1st at 7.30 p.m., WDAV continues the noteworthy virtual concert series presented in partnership with the Fair Play Music Equity Alliance. The series brings together gifted black and brown artists from the Charlotte music scene with classical musicians for some genre-blending, community-building music. Next in the series, we feature singer, songwriter, and contemporary gospel artist Karen Poole, and joining in support of her terrific talents are a trio of classical musicians, including violinist Alice Silva, trombonist Brent Ballard, and trumpeter Keenan Harmon, who joins me now via Zoom, along with Karen, to talk about the concert and their own musical journeys. Welcome, Karen and Keenan. Thank you. Karen, I noticed from the bio information at your website that like a lot of gifted musicians, you were born into a musical family. So tell me a little bit about them and what you learned from them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was um, the baby <laughs> of the family. So I got the opportunity to watch my uh, parents as well as uh, some of my older siblings just navigate more so in the gospel or church scene. Um, so we were very, very, very heavy into the, the music um, department of our church. And um, so I just had the opportunity to learn just standing over people's shoulders, looking, watching. Um, so very blessed to have a front seat experience <laughs> into this uh, typical day in our home. You'd hear about three or four songs singing at once. <laughs> um, but that's what that was like, born into it. And what about uh, formal education in music of any kind? Uh, what was it like for you? Were you exposed to that? <clears throat> so I did some, not, I want to say not formal, but more so informal training. Um, I had some very great mentors throughout the years who sit down with me, um, teach me theory and things of that nature. Um, I actually um, don't... Uh, I'm not very fluent at reading charted music, but um, you know, I have very strong ear training and I can read some core charts as well. But uh, in that regard, no, I never had like uh, formal trainings. It's all natural giftings. Yeah. And, and that's uh, nothing to be sneezed at, of course. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that I've discovered over and over again in these conversations, whether it's about noteworthy or if I'm uh, interviewing uh, black classical artists who are singers or, or instrumentalists, is just the amazing conservatory that's provided by the black church music tradition. Yeah. There's so much inspiration there. Keenan, what about you? What was your coming up like? Did it include a lot of music? My family, I wouldn't say that my family is very musical, um, but music lovers. And so, and, and that's to me part of the human condition. So, you know, I, I rarely run into people that they don't have some affiliation with music or some love for it. So, um, but in, in all reality, uh, I, I kind of discovered or, or felt that I was heeding this call from a very young age. And um, you know, my parents had kind of a, a little bit of a diverse uh, music taste or whatever. I mean, it was kind of old school eclecticism. So I grew up around Motown, church music. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I too am the youngest like Karen. Uh, so my brothers were really into kind of popular music at the time, which, you know, was kind of the early hip hop scene or whatever. And so then what ended up happening is 
I don't know, I felt really drawn to being a trumpet player. Um, and then more or less, uh, I stumbled on some recordings at a very young age that impacted my life. And so when I was about 11 and I started playing, um, I was able to hear a classical CD. Um, it was mostly Baroque type of things. I had a lot of trumpet on it. And then likewise, my mother had bought this uh, Miles Davis CD. And at the time, I knew nothing too much about it. I, you know, she was been familiar with Miles. And it was actually the Live at the Montreal album that was done the last year of his life. And, you know, not knowing any of that, I asked her, could I open CD and listen to it? And here I am, you know, listening to the CD and everything. And I thought, my goodness, as a trumpet player, I could play something like this, you know, something broke. And I could play something like this, something that's jazz. And so that's kind of how that spearheaded, I think, what I've been drawn to in my career as a musician. Karen, talking about those wide ranges in sound, your sound uh, is a good example of how eclectic uh, contemporary gospel music can be. I think people hear that and assume it's going to sound a certain way. But you have a very uh, eclectic and versatile sound. What are the sources and the elements that go into your music? First of all, I'm glad you recognize that. <laughs> um, the best way I can describe my music is uh, gumbo. It's like it's a little bit of everything. <laughs> I would say I listened to you know a lot of traditional gospel growing up, but um, definitely being introduced um, to more of a jazzy sound, uh, probably in my late teens, uh, you know, started being introduced to like some you know, Herbie Hancock, um, Chick Corea, that type of sound, Yellow Jackets. <laughs> and I, um, I'm somewhat of a late bloomer because we had a very strict household growing up. So it was like only gospel music that I was allowed to listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so, I'm, so I, you know, like I said, was a late bloomer being introduced to other styles. And still to this day, I, I'm still like grasping a lot of the um, classic, uh, you know, tunes out there. So I'm still still evolving musically with because of that. So I'm actually grateful for it. Um, but yeah, so that sounds jazz. And then I listen to, you know, some more of the contemporary Christian music like um, Matthew West and, you know, Lady Antebellum, stuff like that. Just kind of listen to those songs and they're very pure sounding. And I love actually country music, just the the way it just tells a story and, oh gosh, the sounds from the violin, strings, just all those things. Elise actually played on that record we did and the performance, she, she played the violin parts for that song. And it was just amazing um, to be able to partner with them and, and have a range of sounds that they could dig into with me. So I was excited about that. I really noticed that in, in the little bit of the sessions that I've been able to hear, that it was just incredibly eclectic. And, and your description of gumbo, I don't think could be more <laughs> apt uh, as a former Louisiana resident. Oh, uh, nice. can attest to the tastiness <laughs> of gumbo and the tastiness of your sounds, because uh, I really hear that country and all of those various influences in there. It's really wonderful. Uh, Keenan, as a working musician, versatility is pretty much a requirement for you. I mean, you've been able to play all sorts of music uh, and you have to in order to put together enough gigs to make a living. So what are some of the disparate events that you play regularly, the kinds of places where you're, uh, you bring your talent to bear? I've done a lot of shows. Um, there was a time where I'd done 
quite a bit of opera orchestra stuff for a while. The shows tend to run longer and pay more, so I would do that. By shows, you mean Broadway shows? Yeah, musicals and, and, and such, yes. On top of that, uh, a lot of chamber music stuff. Uh, some friends of mine and I, we started to do a lot of collaborations and, you know, just kind of be on each other's radar always to be able to at least be available for performances and, and, and various things. And then there's also recording work that I've been known to do. There was a short time, let's say short, it was about four and a half years of, I had worked with some guys out of Nashville. They had kind of been in this area and they were bringing a lot of musicians in from the Nashville area. And so I got to work and collaborate and do concerts with them as well. So it, it, it was, it, it's an always, it's kind of like Karen had said, it, it's an evolution on a continuum. And so you try to stay ahead of that and you make sure you've got a good namesake, you've got a good reputation. And, and like you had said, um, versatility is the key. Um, well, I'll put it to you like this. I tell people oftentimes that musicians, particularly in the freelance community, have to practice music like an attorney practices law, like a uh, you know, a doctor practices medicine. And so I, I am continually studying because authenticity is very important to me. Um, being genuine, whenever I'm playing something, you know, if we go back to Baroque or classical that my ornaments are proper, you, you know, when I'm, when I'm ornamenting the music. Uh, and similarly, that I'm very fresh on ideas if I'm doing something that's jazz. The pandemic put a different dynamic on that. But what I found more or less is that I worked. I mean, I look at last year and I worked fruitfully. Um, one show got canceled, one musical. Other than that, you know, some of the concerts that I would normally do at certain times a year, like towards the holidays, they went on. So, you know, it's a testament that I, people really wanted to experience some normalcy. So live music was a part of that. Uh, and then on top of that, it was just the fact that it was the determination of the musical community to try to make that happen. And so that's really how you can kind of make the living is you, you've just got to persevere through it and, you know, stay fresh. Karen, you touched on this uh, in one of your answers earlier, but I want you to go a little deeper into what it was like collaborating with the musicians uh, in this uh, noteworthy session that folks will be seeing uh, on September 1st. Uh, what was it like working with them and what did they bring to your songs that you had already written and, and, and created uh, to give them a, a different uh, sound or a different life, if you will? It was inspiring in a lot of ways. Um, for example, the I think I'm gonna say it's the first song we did that night, High Praise. When I produced the music, I had recorded keyboard horns <laughs> on it. And so <laughs> while they sound good, you know, it's nothing like having, you know, a real horn player on it. So when I sent the music, you know, I let them know, hey, I don't actually have this charted out, but if you can try to follow this pattern, <laughs> that would be great. And, you know, just Keenan was so so easy to work with. He said, okay, yeah, we'll get it. We'll, we'll figure it out. And at our first rehearsal, he had it charted out for him in a print and they nailed it. It was just very minor little things that we had to adjust here at the air, like little nuances for it. Like, you know, something is staccato, not legato, but it was very 
very minor. They, they brought my son to life. And um, it was just amazing to hear music that I created live that way. It was just, just amazing. And then on top of that, to build um, a relationship with them to where even beyond this noteworthy performance, we can still collaborate on some other things. I can refer him for some things and vice versa and, you know, bring him on for other shows that I might have. And now it's forced me to have my, my music officially charted out. So <laughs> moving forward, I'll always have this thanks to Noteworthy. <laughs> so I'm grateful. Amazing experience uh, working with him. I have a, a last question for both of you. And that's what would you like to see more of in the Charlotte live music scene? What's missing right now uh, that you think would uh, take it up a notch and make it a, a better scene for both musicians and audiences? For Charlotte, it's really kind of that, that connectivity of having people both aware of what goes on musically in Charlotte, because that's not always the case. And then on top of it, it's to build that culture. Um, you know, I was in right before the pandemic, I was in Chicago and I'd gone to see um, a couple of different performances while I was there. And what amazed me, because it's been a long time since I've been to uh, Chicago, you know, it was just being an audience member. That was the most awe-inspiring thing was to watch how audiences were connected and interacted with various music, whether, you know, it was a classical or a jazz thing. You just had that community. So in the Charlotte area, it, there's a thirst for it, I think. It's just a matter of that connection that's there. And so having Charlotte have enough room for, for music is kind of the, the big goal because, you know, we're making room for a lot of things in this area. <laughs> Lots of things. And music, I feel like, has always kind of been here. It's just the awareness is the thing, I would say. Aaron, you're here a little more recently. What have you observed in your time here? My answer may not be what you'd expect, but honestly, in my time here, and it's been about four and a half years, um, I'm actually quite pleased because the first couple of years of me being here, I was not very well known. <clears throat> I made some connections with some individuals in the music scene here. Like I'm, I met Tim Scott Jr. Um, once on a um, show, I think it's called The Soulful Noel that they do at uh, Christmas time every year and uh, put on by Quentin Talley. And so I met some folks who say, hey, we need an extra background singer, can you come on? So by me being there, I, I made some small networks there and just earning my place, if I can say that, um, they got a chance to see how I flowed in the background. And, and somewhere around the middle or so of 2019, I was offered an opportunity to, to do my own show. I had my own set and it was just a small acoustic session put on by Arsena Schroeder um, and that was really exciting for me because I hadn't performed my music at all since I moved to Charlotte. I put out a couple of singles, worked with um, a great producer, um, Johnny Abraham, who's who was also playing keys on the performance, the noteworthy performance. When I did that show, people were like, wow, we need to see more of this. And so that really opened up opportunities for more uh, for more performances. I didn't do very many, but 
the ones I got were impactful. Like, I think that was in like July of 2019. And then somewhere in September, I had an opportunity to open for a major artist tweet. Um, and then from there, it built the energy to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and try to finish my album. I never put out a full length album. Yes, the pandemic hit in 2020. And I had plans to do a live recording, a small live recording. We did it at CC Studios. Um, we did it in February of 2020. The plan was to do that and then work on a few more and I was gonna have an album done, ready to release it on Easter of 2020, but we shut down. <laughs> um, even despite that though, I just gotta say it catapulted me because I, I got all the tools I needed to finish recording at home. Folks around here um, in the music community were very much on board to work with me and we got the album done and I put it out in February of this year. So, and even in the course of that time, I was able to do you know a few virtual shows. We did some shows with John Tosco and although we were shut down, I think Charlotte did a great job of keeping us busy. As a newcomer, I'm I'm impressed. <laughs> well, I'm impressed with uh, both of you. And uh, I'm so excited from these conversations that I've had with the Noteworthy artists to see what this music scene is going to be like when we get back to being able to comfortably perform in person. And it just seems to me like the, the talent that's going to be uh, showcased is just going to surprise a lot of people. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Mm -hmm. My guests have been two of the performers of the next virtual concert in the Noteworthy series, from WDAV and Fair Play Music Equity Initiative, singer-songwriter and contemporary gospel artist Karen Poole, and trumpeter Keenan Harmon. The concert streams on Wednesday, September 1st at 7.30 p.m., and it will also feature violinist Alice Silva and trombonist Brent Ballard. And you can get more information and find a link to the Facebook Live and YouTube event at noteworthyclassical.org. Thank you so much, Karen and Keenan, for speaking with me. Thank you. Thank you. For WDAV's Piedmont Arts, I'm Frank Dominguez.